Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high quality and Torytainment for you. If you're looking at when you're writing and emotions are part of the palette, um, which translates into tone, rhythm, voicings, um, how you use uh, this stuff, um, whether it's humor, which is kind of a big part of my palette. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts. I'm Ephraim Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on today's episode, we're talking about This Old Man, a B-side from Tori's third album, Boys for Pele. So many he played one, he played knick-knack on my phone with a knick-knack, but he would give you dog a bone, this old man came rolling home. This old man, he played two, he played knick-knack on my shoe with a knick-knack, but he would give you dog a bone. This old man, he played three, he played knick-knack on my knee with a knick-knack, periwig. Now, why were those two queers being so dramatic about the Boys for Pele season ending when they're just going to come back and do the B-sides for six months? No joke, we did not talk about that ahead of time, and that is the same place I was going to start. Really? Like, we made such a big deal out of, like, bidding farewell to the album. We did the wrap-up episode. We and recording did. the intro, I was like, oh, my God, I get to say Boys for Pele so many I more know. times. There's, like, 48 <laughs> silly songs. We're going to have to do a Boys for Pele B-side wrap-up and go through all the emotions oh, again. That's great. Guess what? Another year of Pele. <laughs> Happy birthday. We thought it was two years. It's going to be three. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We're uh, back to talk about this old man. I was hoping we would talk about that old man, but no. I guess this one will be okay, No, too. this one. Yeah. This is the one. We we are going to only talk about this one. Fine. Not that one. I never get what I want. You guys, it's so good to speak into your ears again. <sighs> I've missed you guys. I've missed talking about Pele. I mean, I just put out the wrap-up episode, and we get to talk about it all over again. I think we're overwhelming people in the best way possible. Now they can't keep up. I know. I love when they say that. <laughs> like, underestimate me, will ya? Can you please say the um, taking a drink from a fire hydrant thing again? Oh, yeah. It's like taking I a, get it wrong. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. It's all happening. It's all coming out too fast. That's what she says. So that's Nancy Gracism. We're spewing out of the Pele hydrant to try to extinguish her fire. Ew. <laughs> I don't know. This, That's fine. It works. I'm working it out. This is a B-side. Yeah. We don't have to be poetic. We're going to be loose. I'm yeah. like rolling my, yeah. rolling my neck from, as I say that. <laughs> from here to the end, you guys. From here, this, I mean, she's silly. This is the silliest song I've ever heard. What about you? It's true. She put it right there just yeah. in case you didn't silly get it. Song. Being silly. She's being silly. I think we could be silly <laughs> a little bit. We could be never. a little looser in our format. I know. Okay. Looking at my show notes, put together by the lovely Rachel Schultz, a member of our team. She Thanks, Rachel. These, it's funny because I texted her. She's like, do you need help with the boys for Pele B-sides? And I was like, it never occurred to me, but yes, I might. And she put together a mean document. I was expecting like a one pager, like this old man, silly song, appeared one place, two places, and that's it. It's Agent Orange all over again. I know. It's, it's like, like 30 full... pages of quotes to read through. We have so many 
analyzations of knickknack paddywhack. Oh my god, does she I mention would... Orangina in here anywhere? <laughs> I always thought it meant one thing, but it meant something else. Well, we're gonna find out. That's coming up later on the show. Do you want to talk about our guests for today's show? We have guests. <laughs> Tell me. We have two old men. Right, our not old just men. one. We have our old men. We got them both. This old man and that old man. Mm. We have David's dad and... Eve's dad. Yep, my dad's on. Yay. Our dads are on. Our old men. Oh my gosh. They were... They just couldn't wait. They couldn't they wait. didn't hesitate to... for a second. We could barely finish asking, will you be honest? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Platform. Speak. Spotlight. Yes. Um, they made us who we are, literally. I will do a little uh, spoiler about what my dad says, because I asked him his favorite song, fully expecting him to say his favorite song. And then he named a Tory song. So I was like, that's not your favorite song. I thought he misunderstood the question. You meant his favorite song of all time? Yeah, I, when I asked him that, I thought I meant his favorite song of all time, which was Mambo Number no. 5. Oh my God. So we'll play Put that him later. on the phone with Door. I know. <laughs> Does Door like Mambo Number no. 5? Yes. A little bit of Monica in my life. That's your dad's favorite song? He requested that song... My dad used to bounce at a bar and I remember going to the bar and like dancing with my friends and he would play that song and dedicate it to me and he would request it at the DJ booth. That is hilarious. I'm sad we didn't, you know, have time to talk about that when we interviewed him or I didn't know about it, I guess. Yes. Well, that's coming up later on the show. Interviews with our old men. Who else do we have on the show, David? Who else do we have? No one. No one. You. That's okay. Me. We got all the old men we know. Our dads and us. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're slowly turning into them, so we had to get them on the phone so they could school us on what we have to look forward to. I mean, there are worse people to turn into, right? True. For sure. Um, We should say thank you to our Patreon supporters. Let's give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. I'd like to say thank you to the following people. Patty Patterson. Hi, Patty. That's a great name. It is. Patty. Patty Patterson. Patty Patterson. Oh, my God. She's getting patty whacked on the This Old Man episode. Oh, my God. We got patty whacked by Patty Patterson. We got Patterson whacked. Also, thank you to Jillian Rappel. You're a Rappel winner? And Lana Kelly, Rhymes of Banana. Lana. Like Lana, Lana Lang, Lana Banana from American Horror Story. That I don't one. know that show. You don't? Well. Okay, great. fine. I mean, I, I watched up to Asylum and then it got crazy. Asylum's my favorite. Asylum, my friend Joy's on it. She is? Yeah. That's who? She's one of the people in the Asylum. Shut up. Yeah. More than one episode? All, like all the whole season. Get out of yeah, this. Yeah, go watch it again. Okay. Joy Nash, TV's Joy Nash, who is also the star of Dieland, who's also mm. a very good friend of mine. You can look on Instagram, there's proof. Amazing actress. She's an amazing yeah, actress. Yeah, she is. She was in an asylum. I mean, she didn't have any lines. That was back in her featured extra days. Mm. I'm going to have to watch the whole thing again. Give me a reason. I know. And Chloe Sevigny. Sevigny. <laughs> She's great. Okay, so what are your thoughts on this old man? Interesting that we're starting here. And I do have some thoughts thoughts on it actually more of a question we can talk our way into why she chose to record this song and then play it more frequently than what would think mm-hmm. um and you know it's under that little caption as you reference silly songs the b-sides right. are kind of grouped right. but i actually think they're kind of anything but silly right so i'm wondering if she's just trying to like divert us divert our attention from that fact like no look over here nothing <laughs> nothing happening but i definitely was doing these hand gestures oh my god i almost started playing the upright air bass um i definitely think there's more than meets the eye going on with these songs can we even handle it after the journey we've taken with pele yeah i think we can handle no, it let's we've... just take everything at surface level no and... we've proven ourselves able to handle it mm. <laughs> however i agree with you because her silly songs aren't that silly i mean there's a couple like i would say hungarian wedding songs probably the silliest or sandwich song and london girls that's those are silly come yeah. on those are fun 
This old man probably would be silly by anyone else, but somehow she lends a severity to the song. Yeah, maybe in this case, silly songs refers more to the context in which they were recorded. Like mm. she sat down at the piano, no big deal. Just like and they just came out. Yeah. So silly in that regard, but not necessarily in content, mm-hmm. let's say. Uh, or also maybe, you know, she had a file on the computer marked silly songs. And they were all in there, including Mr. Zebra, Agent Orange, you know? And then they pulled those out, put them on the album. So it was just like the Silly Songs folder. What do you think Tori's desktop wallpaper is? Picture of Mach. From the knees down. Close <laughs> calves. up. Calves. Mach's calves. <laughs> calves for days. Calves for minutes. <laughs> Send to the recycle bin. So with that being said, we'll get into it. I think we'll explore the Silly Songs, the idea of what a Silly Song is, what your own personal life Silly Song is maybe. Maybe we'll talk about all of that and more on this episode of Drive All Night. You know what else we have at the end of this episode, David? Tell me. We're announcing our contest winner from our wrap-up, the contest that we had on the wrap-up episode. Name how many times the Pele tracks have been played live as stated on our show, whether we were right or wrong. Many people wrote to us and many people took their stab and they were all right, but only one person was first. (laughs) And we will reveal that person later in the show <laughs> get comfortable for the two and a half hours plus exploration of this old man exploration of this old man um we're gonna get into it i'm so excited to be back on pele not quite done straddling yeah. as you say between pele and choir girl did i say straddling you said that earlier i meant to here let's start with the traditional version of this old man okay okay or as traditional as we could find mm. here we go name is Jack Gintle, the eldest but one, and I can play knick-knack upon my own thumb. With a knick-knack and padlock and sing a fine song, and all you fine ladies come dancing along. What comes next? It's two. My name is Jack Gintle, the eldest but two, and I can play knick-knack upon my own shoe. With a knick-knack and padlock and sing a fine song, and all you fine ladies come dancing along. My name is Jack Gentle, the eldest but three, and I can play knick-knack upon my own knee. With a knick-knack and padlock and sing a fine song, and all you fine ladies come dancing along. My name is Jack Gentle, the eldest but four, and I can play knick-knack upon my own door. With a knick-knack and padlock and fine, sing a fine song, and all you fine ladies come dancing along. My name is Jack Gentle, the eldest but five, and I can play knick-knack upon my own hive with a knick-knack. So this old man appeared on the Codlight Sneeze single, the UK edition, part one, and Codlight Sneeze US maxi single, track two, so it was the first B-side after Codlight Sneeze. So that's why it's the first in our rotation. Can we try to put ourselves in Tori's shoes yes. for just a second? And talk about where she was when she was selecting B-sides for the album period, but especially for her first single. Mm -hmm. Now that we know she was sitting on a sucker Mm -hmm. and a motor maids, Mm -hmm. she was like, no, no, 
this old man. Mm -hmm. Well, as we'll explore later, much, much later, chronologically, because we go by chronological date and Sucker and Motor Maids came out much, much later. Right. I think that as we'll explore that, I think Sucker has a a negative connotation by this point because she had been trying to work it on the album. She had been trying to make it into a single. They wanted more from Sucker than she could give. And so she just cut it entirely. But with Motor Maids, my thought is almost that because it was in such an unfinished state at the time, maybe she thought there were there was a future for it. So maybe she didn't want to release it as a B-side because maybe she thought, oh, I'm going to work this up for the next album or the next album. Like maybe there's a future plan for it. But until 20 years later when she's like, oh shit, we forgot about Motor Maids, put it on. So as a B-side, I think it was, you know, she was trying to do a thing. And she's known for her B-sides at this point in her career. Yeah, I mean, early on with both the last two albums, my God. Yeah. she hit us with Honey. Upside Down, Honey, in my Sister head. Janet. Yeah, like all these incredible, incredible flying Dutchmen. I mean, who knows? Maybe she just wanted the focus to be on the actual album tracks. I think it must be. Or, you know what? I'm also reminded of something that I kind of wanted to reference when we were doing the the boys for paleo proper episode specifically donut song i guess and i know you and i have talked about it but there's a performance of donut song where she really gives it her all it's an impassioned beautiful performance and at the end she Mm -hmm. just kind of sighs and says okay let's do something fun and i love that because that was such a window into not letting her guard down but how she sees herself yeah and and you have to figure that you can't live in this place all the time right in the world of these right. songs. So maybe she just sort of had her fill after recording the album was like, yep, Sunny's mm. great, but I just want to throw these quote unquote silly songs. Right. That was from Two Meter Sessies where that happened yes. that David was referencing. I love that as well. I want to posit something to you as we enter into the silly songs cycle. I want to challenge us both to think of them as silly songs. Now, Tori herself is a dramatic person, right? Yeah. We know her to be full of drama. You know, she just has that flair. So when she goes on stage on at Alive in Montreux and screams, oh, you love to hit me, boy. She means it with serious, like there's drama there. Mm-hmm. China and that performance just takes on a whole other just tone. So I want you to think of Tori actually singing this old man. There's no other way for her to sing it. Like that's her voice. That's her. That's the way she plays and sings. What if she thinks she's being silly? And what if there there is no irony to it what if these are listed as silly songs because she feels like she was being silly i'm just playing this old man and i'm doing a dramatic reading of this old man it's silly it's funny and what if that's all it is and that's why it's a silly song so i want to challenge us in this cycle to occasionally refer to them as possibly maybe they are silly and maybe she thinks this album was such a harrowing experience to get through and it was so heavy and cod lights knees is my malaria right there on the cd cover you got me on this mattress so let's just give them something light. Give them the, this old man. They'll love it. They'll laugh. It's hilarious. I don't disagree with you at all. And you know, not to skip ahead, but if of any of these songs, I absolutely see Toodles Mr. Jim mm-hmm. fitting that description that yeah. you just gave. Like, no question about it. Samurai. Yes. But I feel like, and we'll get into it, she chose this song for a reason, I have to believe. And I also have a hard time separating the recorded version that we have here from the live performances. Mm -hmm. Not that the version that appears on the single is super silly in and of itself, Mm -hmm. but it's more of a playful kind of straight ahead read of the song. Yeah. Then we get live and it's like, well, what's going on there? Right. Right. So anyway, 
No, I do agree with you, though, when you compare this to a Toodles Mr. Jim or to a Samurai. They're very different in tone, and you can see how one would be silly and one would not be. Yeah. And this would be the one that would not be. So, yeah, this is probably different. But just as the concept of silly songs, I want to occasionally reference that as we go through the season. We're entering our silly phase, our silly period. Our, That's our silly, what they'll call yeah. it. I love it. Oh, how do you guys like our new logo? We have a new uh, newly designed logo for the b-side season done by jack foster you can find him online at guncomic.com jack's amazing <laughs> hi jack thanks jack and please support him by purchasing his comic gun because you're going to guncomic.com buy all of jack's stuff jack was recently featured in a magazine a los angeles magazine profile yeah what have you done this year nothing i was directing that towards myself oh <laughs> i thought you were directing <laughs> that at me i've been in any magazine oh god but yeah so the song also appeared not only on the Sing the UK single and the maxi single. It also appeared on a piano in 2006, and of course on the Boys for Pele Deluxe remaster in 2016. I love it. it meaning, just... meaning, I could try to figure out her motivation till the end of time. Mm-hmm. Career retrospective: This old man, yes. Right. Space dog, nah. meh. <laughs> I, you're right. Not today, space dog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, she's a mystery. Why mm. Why try to figure her out? Well, show canceled. Yeah, we shouldn't try to figure her out. Drive all night canceled. <laughs> Let's see what else. Let's talk about the history of the song. You want to talk about the history of the traditional song? Sure. I mean, the people are, that's, what, that's what people are burning to know. Mm. The origins of this song are obscure. The earliest extant recording is a version noted in Anne Gilchrist's Journal of the English Folk Dance and Song Society from 1937, learnt from her Welsh nurse in the 1870s under the title Jack Gentle with different lyrics. My God, I wish I had a Welsh nurse who taught me a bunch of nursery rhymes. <laughs> Nicholas Montserrat, in his autobiography, Life is a Four-Letter Word, refers to the song as being a Liverpool song, adding that it was local and original during his childhood in Liverpool. A similar version was included in Cecil Sharp and Sabine Baring Gould's English Folk Songs for Schools, published in 1906. It was collected several times in England in the early 20th century with a variety of lyrics. In 1948, it was included by Pete Seeger and Ruth Crawford in their American Folk Songs for children and recorded by Seeger in 1953. It received a boost in popularity when it was adapted for the film The Inn of the Sixth Happiness by composer Malcolm Arnold as the children's marching song, which led to hit singles for Cyril Stapleton and Mitch Miller. God, this song has been around the block. Man. Before Tori even got her hands on it. I know. What a pedigree. Tori was like, I want a piece of that pie. (laughs) This old man throwing my hat in the ring. Do you think she had to pay for royalties? Probably not. By that point, by the 90s, 95, it would have gone into public domain 50 years before that. Right. She probably didn't pay any royalties for it. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. It's uh, listed as written by question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Or is that just what Rachel wrote? It's not credited as traditional. Oh, yeah, it is. Credit. I think it probably yeah. is. Yeah. Fine. She blew her budget on the Chaz and Dave songs. Right, she did, yeah. So she had to go for public domain. Right. <laughs> you want to read this quote from Learn a Rhyme? Do I ever? Look at, I mean, we're thorough, if nothing else. We are <laughs> delving into this old man. Mm. This traditional rhyme was first published in 1906, but almost certainly originates from earlier, possibly from the time of the Irish potato famine. There was no famine. The biggest clue to the meaning lies in the lyrics most particularly paddywhack and to a lesser extent, knickknack. I think we'd all agree with that. I definitely agree with that. A paddy is still used by the English to refer to the Irish. Whack means to hit once hard and forcefully. 
A knick-knack is a trinket or other trivial object. Knick-knack may also refer to the practice of tapping out a rhythm using spoons. I know that you're speaking, but all I'm hearing is Paul Roy's voice saying, I can't believe you guys dissect these lyrics. They don't mean anything. Well, we're not, to be fair, we're not dissecting the lyrics. We're Yet. giving you the history of the Yet. song. Historically, there was a great deal of resentment by the Irish people towards the English who conquered Ireland and began to settle in the 16th century. The English owned much of the best land and rented houses and land to the native Irish. The staple food of the Irish was the potato. However, in 1845, the potato crop failed and the resulting famine led to a 25% fall in the Irish population from deaths and immigration. But if you listen to Sinead O'Connor's Universal Mother, you get the true history of the potato famine. Oh my God. There was no famine. See, Irish people were only allowed to eat potatoes. All of the other foods, the meat, fish, and vegetables were shipped out of the country under armed guard to England while the Irish people starved. And then, in the middle of all this, they gave us money not to teach our children Irish. And so we lost our history. And this is what I think is still hurting me. I have it memorized. I didn't want to stop you. I didn't want to break the spell. Because I love history. It was like waking a sleepwalker. (laughs) Many Irish men became tinkers, selling pots, pans, cutlery, and other knickknacks door-to-door in England. Most of them were told to go away and may have been given a whack as they were sent on their way. The old man may have also played knick-knack while using spoons or other objects, hoping for his audience to throw him a few pennies. The people that would see the Irish star would happily give a bone to a dog. Irish tinkers traditionally lived in a caravan on wheels that was pulled by a horse, hence rolling home. Alternatively, rolling home may refer to the old man coming home drunk, possibly having spent what he had earned in the pub. It's funny because with this old man, when we were on the Native Invader tour, we had we invented the Torical and we would pull songs out of the bag. And I constantly would get this old man as my signature song. And I was going through an aging crisis. But that's also not what you were calling it. Or I wasn't calling it the Torical at the it. time. And we weren't using it necessarily as a divination tool. Right. But I couldn't stop pulling out this old man. Since I was turning 30 on the tour, it was... Which tour? This Native Invader tour. Oh, okay. 2017? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this song was really close to me in a way. Too close, some would say. What is your relationship with this old man? Um, what is my relationship with this old man? Well, I've heard it live a couple times. Well, when you got the CD, what was your fir- what were your first thoughts when you got the CD? When you got the CD single, you know, you I remember you got the CD single. Yes, thank you. You had to go to dinner with your dad. Yeah. You couldn't go home and listen to it right away. You had to like sit on it. When you looked at the track listing, did you know that it said Silly Songs, This Old Man? And were you like, is she really singing This Old Man? Yeah. I mean, I assumed she was. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts before? Or I thought maybe because she'd given us like a Humpty Dumpty before, there was, was a like possibility. A yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I remember being all around disappointed. As I've already talked about on the show, because at that point I was really wanting like piano-based ballads mm-hmm. and Cotolite Sneeze mm-hmm. was not that. And I'd also been spoiled by a Sister Janet honey. and Honey and Upside Down and all those beautiful Here B-sides from the first two albums. That I was kind of like, all right, well, this the single... The B-sides are going to be good. Maybe yeah. Cotolite Sneeze isn't delivering, but when that yeah. single comes out, there'll be Which, some Which, it makes me choke on my own bile to think that at that point in my life, Cotolite Sneeze wasn't giving me everything I wanted <laughs> slash needed. It was. It I just, was. Didn't, just didn't know, know it. it yet. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what you need. Yeah. But she does. She, <laughs> <laughs> she always so, knows. Yeah. Then I was like, okay. And then the B-sides are tacked on are like these throwaways. Like, what's happening here? Between that and the fake tattoo. The fake tattoo? Like, and it Father Lucifer it title. It was definitely a new era, and I was not digging it. Yeah, that's and crazy it seems to me. So, it seems crazy to think that now, but mm-hmm. it was true at the time. I wasn't like over the moon for them, but not because I was worried that she was getting tattoos and worshiping the devil. 
I was sad because it was like, okay, Cod Light Sneeze is over, and now there's only like two minutes on this entire maxi single. It's not maxi, it's mini. Yeah, no kidding. It's like, it's done, and I wanted more Tori. I wanted more music. I wanted to just absorb anything I possibly could, so I got the UK CD part one, part two, and the maxi single, and like, it still wasn't enough. There still weren't like enough God, we're songs. insatiable. I know. She gives us everything. We just won't stop. Well, she didn't give us everything. I'm sure there's still things in the vault. This old man, I can't say I was disappointed because I didn't have any expectations on it once I knew what it was. You see this old man, you know what it is. Yeah. I guess I was surprised that she didn't do all 10 verses and that she skips from verse 4 to verse 10. And I want to talk about that. But I was just disappointed that she didn't go through the whole song. You were disappointed. I was just disappointed that there wasn't what? enough Tori. But she trails off after three? What am I four. supposed she to do now? After four after four, he gets I'm to sorry. her door. And I yes. really, as I've thought about this for years, I think she does that for a reason. I think there is... Here you go, Paul it. Roy. I think it's very metered out. Like, probably she just sat down at the piano, right? And just, like, knocked it out as she was, like, warming up for something. It was probably, like, a tuning thing or, like, a recording thing. But there is something to it that it made the single, and it was important enough to exposed to the world or to give to the world right to like put on a single and then you're right the raucous live versions of the song i think if the album the recorded version that we got on the single had more closely matched those live performances it would have made more sense to me at the time but since it is almost very gentle and straight ahead it was like what Mm -hmm. why yeah (laughs) yeah should we get into the line by line yeah believe it or not we are gonna do it oh boy here we go why did he play one first? I'm it's just the loneliest number. <laughs> what else rhymes with one than thumb? Because thumb doesn't really rhyme with one. Dumb. No, that also rhymes with thumb, <laughs> not one. He played knick-knack on my bun. On my son. Ooh. A knick-knack is an ornamental trinket or gimcrack. Jimcrack? Gimcrack? <laughs> It's on the note page. It's on the page. Paddy is a slang offensive term for an Irishman or a person of Irish descent. And whack is to strike with a smart resounding blow or blows. So knowing that knick-knack paddywhack means to smack an Irish person is what this definition is implying. With a knick-knack paddywhack, like give a dog a bone, it's not very flattering. This tells me all I need to know that it was written by an Englishman. Sure. Just because of the history. Mm-hmm. That might have been said in the quotes, but frankly, I tuned out. These are good episodes to listen to, like, while you're cleaning the house, right? Yeah. Doesn't Tori say that about, like, the God remixes? Yeah. At some point, like, great for vacuuming. Yeah. Just, Just throw us on, turn, turn on, on the, the vacuum. Yeah. As loud as it will go. <laughs> the blender. Whatever. <laughs> Every device you can. <laughs> right. All at once. And just say, yeah, I listened to that one. <laughs> um, okay. Let's keep going. All right. Tori was recording this album in Ireland, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And when she recorded on location for Under the Pink and Boys for Paley, she talked a lot about letting the land or the space sort of inform her process and find its way onto the tape. And she talks a lot about how songs like Honey sound like the desert in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I bring that all up because I feel like that's part of like the stew that's happening where she's in Ireland and the song has roots there. So if anything, I feel like that's maybe why it was present mm, for her. Interesting. She was just sort of like feeling her way into the space or mm-hmm. I don't know. Came rolling, home. rolling home drunk. Right. Yeah. 
I like the idea of that, which Tori has also referenced when she's talking about Midwinter Graces. And she gives a very long explanation of Noel. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. From like the bonus interview where she's like, Noel, there was Noel because they needed a drink of water. <laughs> so she loves an old man rolling home drunk, apparently. <laughs> she they sure pop does. up here and there in her catalog. So mommy played too. He played So why two? Well, it follows naturally from one. Hmm. I wonder if that's the reason. You do say. So the lyrics list give your dog a bone, but I think she's saying give a dog a bone. Give a dog. She's generous. Yeah, Could any be your dog. dog, any dog. Any fine. dog. Bring your dog, bring any dog. I got three. There you go. Interesting. That's all we got. I'm getting the pattern. So the next one. Well, will you're be f- not getting the pattern. It throws you for a loop. No, the next you, one's going like, to be five, I got right? This. I yeah. got. Yeah, she did it's one, like two, three, four. The next one's going to be five. What number follows this pattern? Five. Wrong. Five follows four, right? You think so, but it's ten. Oh my God, it was 10. David. <laughs> Never going to pass your LSATs. <laughs> well, that was the best line by line we've ever done. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> What's your favorite lyrical moment oh of this my song, David? Well, Is it when she gives the dog a bone? Or is it perhaps when the patties get whacked? Or I'm, the I'm knickknacks going, get knacked? I'm going with a little patty whack. My favorite lyrical moment was when the dogs get their bones because I love dogs. So what's your favorite musical moment? I think the whisper at the end. Oh, that's The nice. outro with a knickknack. A patty way. Yeah. My favorite musical moment is the delivery of the vocals and how serious she is about it. I love it. it. Which forces us to think on a deeper level, right? Like, she's got to mean something by this. That's what we're doing here. I know. So. Do you, to, to any degree, do you think she was trolling us with this? Um, No. No, honestly, no. When I said earlier, let's talk about all the songs that are called silly songs actually being silly. I maybe take exception to this one too and Graveyard. This isn't silly. You want to hear a silly version of it? Here's Bing Crosby performing This Old Man. Mm. This old man, he played one, he played knick-knack on my thumb with a knick-knack. Paddywhack, give your dog a bone. This old man came rolling home. This old man, he played two, he played knick-knack on my shoe with a knick-knack. Paddywhack, give your dog a bone, this old man came rolling home. This old man, he played three, he played knick-knack on my knee with a knick-knack. Paddywhack, give your dog a bone, this old man came rolling home. This old man, he played four, he played knick-knack on my door with a knick-knack. Paddywhack, give your dog a bone, this old man came rolling home. This old man, he played five, he played knick-knack on my hive with a knick-knack. Paddywhack, give your dog a bone, this old man came rolling home. We're on the line with Father Time. Father Shunior. Hello, Father Shunior. Hey. Hello, son, my little sunshine. (laughs) How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm really glad that we were able to get you on an episode because Grandma Shunior has been on two episodes already. 
Um, and you yeah, are, that one, those were funny. She's your old man, <laughs> and you're my old man. Hi. Yes. Hi. So we have a, a laundry list of questions for you. Are you ready? All right. I'll okay. do my best. The first question is, what should I refer to you as, Mr. Junior? Bob. No, that doesn't seem respectful. Yes, enough. that's very acceptable. Bob is Bob good. is okay? I've All been right. called a lot worse, but <laughs> Bob is good. Bob. All right, thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, so first question, how do you feel about being interviewed on an episode called This Old Man? Well, it's kind of funny that it's called This Old Man because in my head, I don't think I'm old. I mean, people look at me and I do look old, but I don't feel old. I want to clarify that you're not on the show because you're old. You're on the show because you're a mild man. You're a, da- a dad, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That means dad in this case. Yeah. An affectionate that's term. Good. Yeah, an affectionate term. Yeah. Um, I don't think you look old. You're very young, actually. Tell the people how old you are and introduce, introduce yourself by your age and how many Tori Amos shows you've seen and your signature song. I am 57. I have never been to a Tori show, but I've seen a lot of her videos and I've listened to a lot of tour all night. Really? What about Drive All Night? You don't like that show? Well, maybe that's the one, Drive All Night. <laughs> the one, the one, mostly the one where you just went on the tour the summer before last. Oh, yeah, that's Tour All Night. And yeah, that's the one I, I heard where you, you guys drove from coast to coast. Were you listening to keep tabs on where we were or to hear what she was playing every night? More to keep tabs on where you were and to laugh at you guys because sometimes you guys would come up with some funny crap. <laughs> Maybe you should call home more often, Eve. Don't make your dad listen to the show to find out what you're you know up what? to. We need, we need the listens. We need the listen count. <laughs> Thank you're a number. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I make my, all my family, ha- yeah. if they want to hear me, if they want to keep in touch, you got to listen to the show. Yeah, and then I would see on Facebook where you guys were at, you posted some very good pictures and of your fans and, <laughs> and your peers and the places that you were at were really nice. Especially those big waterfalls somewhere, I guess, in Portland area. Oh, yeah. That's the Twin Peaks waterfall. That was great. That was actually yeah. probably one of the best Thanksgivings I've had in a really long time. It was actually Thanksgiving Day. We did a Twin Peaks tour. It was awesome. Yes, it was. I, I kept up with it. Okay, so you know the song This Old Man, right? This Old Man, he played one. Oh, yeah. That's like a, a children's rhyme, isn't it? Yeah. What's your favorite? Yeah. First, I'm going to ask you a question. What does knick-knack paddywhack mean to you? I have no idea. Isn't that a, an English children's rhyme? Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. Yeah, I think so. This old man came rolling home. So I have no idea. Knick-knack, paddywhack. That's a good question. <laughs> it's probably something to do with English. You know how English pudding is not American pudding? Right. Oh, maybe interesting. <laughs> English pudding? They don't whack their patties the way we do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that. Okay, so mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about your old man. Wow, I wish he was still here. Grandpa? He died in 2004. He was about 68 and a half, getting ready to retire, and had all these plans to travel, and never really did it because he passed away so soon. So that's kind of why I see you traveling, and I think that's great. I mean, you got to go when you can still walk some stairs and climb those mountains. And that's why I like to travel the little bit that I do, because someday I may not be physically able to. So I think you should do it while you can. If you can afford to do it, do it. 
What would you say are three lessons that your old man passed down to you that you hope to pass down to me and to give to the world here on this podcast today? Well, stay true to your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Uh, be honest to yourself. And uh, it's too late for me, but find the one love of your life and stick with it like my mom and dad did. I don't think it's too late for you. You're Never only too late. You're only 57. Well, you know, well, he's only, he only married once, you know, is what I meant by that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's too late he for you. Got a good one. <laughs> well, so, practice makes I mean, perfect. There's still somebody out there, I know. <laughs> Has listening to this show given you a better understanding of Eve's relationship with the music and what it means to him? I am so impressed when he interviews people with you or with his former host at the knowledge that he puts into uh, his craft. Uh, he knows the songs frontwards and backwards and who recorded them first or who recorded them afterwards. And then beyond that, he, he gets an in-depth meaning of the lyrics, where I just hear the words and it's a good tune. I don't really look for the meaning in the words until I've heard your guys' podcast, and now I kind of do that a little bit uh, like I never did before. I am impressed by that, too, not only by his knowledge, but by his ability to conduct an interview, because it's not easy. It's a real skill, and not everybody can do it, including myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a lie. I think you both do very well. I mean, you, you both come in uh, very knowledgeable, and, and you kind of expect what kind of answer you're going to hear, depending on the questions. You know, I mean, there's some questions you're never going to know what they're going to say, but when it comes to where does the song come from and what is it about, you guys know your craft. As an old man of two, you are an old man to two, me and my sister, Christy. What's been your mm -hmm. one favorite, if you had to pick one favorite moment as an old man, as our old man, what's been your favorite moment? Well, there's a couple, but it all boils down to when we're all together and laughing and having a good time. You know, when we've, gone out and had some dinner and, and some drinks to loosen us up, and we have a good time. In fact, even one time we went to Sonic, and we were sitting there talking and laughing, and you made a recording of me that I didn't realize at first, and you put it on Facebook where I'm talking like in double time. <laughs> yeah, that's Snapchat. And that's Snapchat hilarious. Filter. Yeah, it was a Snapchat, and it just popped up on my memory here just recently, and I couldn't stop cracking up. It was funny. <laughs> That was funny. Well, I'll post I mean, it. You know, we have good times, you know. We were in, we were in Phoenix at a, at a baseball game, and I could only stay up so late. But then listening to you guys the next morning about how much fun you guys had staying up late and hanging out at the pool and having a good time. Is that the day that you pounded on our door at seven in the morning to get up because you were ready to go, and we had just gone to bed at six thirty? It was just your door. It was like ten forty five, and checkout was at eleven. That's not what I remember. And I wasn't even. <laughs> sure if you were in there anymore. I was about ready to go ask them to open the door because you wouldn't open the door. <laughs> I just you wouldn't even respond. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's a good out. thing you did not come in that room. <laughs> yeah, probably true because when you answered the door finally, you were covered in the, in the bedspread from the bed. And on that note, we thank you for taking the time to interview with us today. Can you please tell us your favorite song and we'll play you out. Oh, man, I don't know them all to say I do. Um, 
I like when she covered uh, Prince's song. Oh, okay. Here's Tori Amos doing Purple Rain in 1996. Thanks. Bye. It was bye. A, that long ago. Bye. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody in the car, so come on, let's ride to the liquor store around the corner. The boys say they want some gin and juice, but I really don't wanna. Beer buzz like I had last week. I must stay deep, cause talk is cheap. I like Angela, Pamela, Sandra, and Rita. And as I continue, you know they're getting sweeter. So what can I do? I really bad you, my lord. To me, learning is just like a sport. Anything fine, it's all good. Let me jump in, please in the trumpet. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. A little bit of Sandra in the sun A little bit of Mary all night long A little bit of Jessica, here I am A little bit of you makes me your man Hi, Dad. Hey, how you doing, David? Good, how are you? I'm here with Eve. Hi. Hi, Eve. Well, what are you up to tonight? Primarily interviewing you, but we're recording some <laughs> ah, other well, stuff, too. Okay, all right. Fire away. I did not tell you this earlier when I uh, called to ask if you're around, but we are talking about a version of the song, This Old Man, like the children's nursery rhyme that Tori does. So we wanted to talk yeah. to our dads, not because you're old, but because old man is an affectionate, <laughs> because old man is an affectionate term for dad. So we're talking right, to both right, of our dads okay. tonight. <laughs> I see. Well, it's true. We're a lot older than you, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. So to start, can you tell us your age, how many Tory shows you've been to, and your signature Tory song? And I can help you out if you need help. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm 76. I've not been to any live Tory shows. Well, you have, have, and I'm glad it made such I, an impression on you. <laughs> <laughs> I have? Yes, you have. Well, I remember seeing, seeing her on TV. I remember being in Colorado. Uh, but I don't remember. Where, where was it? I took you to one of the plugged shows in 1998 at the Greek Theater. You took him to plug? I did. I got mold. Oh, okay. I got you and mom tickets. Front row? <laughs> no, section B. That's why they didn't remember. I got better ones and I put them <laughs> in section B. Because it was very important. Like, I somehow thought that you guys going to a show would help you understand, like, why the music and these shows were so important to me. But I don't think that worked at all, clearly, because you don't even remember going. But a lot of fans who missed that moment in time or that tour would probably be jealous of the fact that you guys got to see that show. So <laughs> that's a little feather in your cap. <laughs> well, that's good. I do remember the Colorado trip where you were wanting to go to the concert there and the many other concerts you've gone to. And with Tori, um, her expertise in the keyboard and so on, I've always kind of appreciated her, I guess you call it classical training, and her approach to music. And um, I think that uh, your interest in her music and so on. And I remember one song, it dealt with snowflakes or Christmas or winter or something. I remember you playing that here at the house on the piano. I couldn't remember it. I knew that was one of your favorites, but uh, 
Yeah, you're um, talking about winter, but you know what? <laughs> Similarly, I consider your signature song Icicle. <laughs> and you oh, usually, really? like you always remembered that song and whenever I would go to a concert, you would ask me if she played it. Um, and uh, I think that made an impression on you because um, on the recording of it, on the album, there's a long instrumental introduction on the piano, and there's a piece of the Methodist hymn, Oh, Four A Thousand Tongues to Sing, included, and I think you recognize that, and that's why you remember that particular song. So, Ah, you're probably right, David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so as a father, you are David's father, but how many children do you have? Two. We have a daughter and a son. What has been one of your greatest experiences as their old man? Being there when they were born, both of them. I peaked and, early. Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Uh, David's no sister argument. came right on time, uh, July 5th, the doctor had predicted. And uh, David was born five years later. Um, I remember... Uh, we were at home, and uh, his mom said, well, I think it's time. I said, it can't be time because uh, it's not time yet. It's, you know, supposed to be two or three weeks from now. And uh, she said, well, I think it's time. So I had to speed read the last four or five chapters of the uh, coach's book for uh, babies and so on. While driving her to the hospital? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I did it just before we left. <laughs> yeah, Corey did not prepare you at all for anything I was bringing into the world and forcing you guys to experience. So you had to read the book again. <laughs> well, well, you're right. Well, I mean, it was this period of time between the, the two of you. And so I just wanted to brush up to make sure I had the easy job. Your mom had the more difficult job. You know, I was... <laughs> the coach and so on. So anyway, <laughs> well, yeah, she came early. I'll go back a couple steps because you mentioned going to Colorado earlier and something else that other people might be jealous of is the fact that my parents were in Boulder for the last two shows of the Dewdrop Tour. <laughs> I am and jealous. They did not go to those shows, but I feel like I can credit you and mom in part with um, not only the fact that I'm co-hosting the show now, but um, a lot of my um, lifelong friendships because uh, I, well, I didn't meet Dor, but we spent time in Boulder, Colorado, and Jason's Shaggy, who are still very good <laughs> friends and we talk to and see regularly. But um, I asked, I was in high school, and uh, Dor was pushing me to go to Boulder to see the last two shows. That's not like her. And I know, not at all, right? She's <laughs> nothing if not consistent. And I thought that was a wild, outlandish idea that you guys would never say yes to. Like, I want to travel to Colorado to see these shows and also hang out with these weirdos from the Internet. And you guys did not skip a beat, and you said, absolutely, you can do that, but we're a little worried, so we're going to go with you to Chaperone just to, like, be there, but we're going to stay out of your way. So you came with me, and we got off the plane, and you guys went one way, I went the other, and we didn't see each other the whole time, but I knew you were there just in case it all went wrong, and, you know, Dora turned out to be a maniac, which she is in her own way, but not in a bad way. That's a really good story. I didn't know they went with you. Yeah, so if you guys hadn't let me do that, I don't know. I actually feel like my life would be pretty different, and I don't know if I would be Mm. as close of friends with Dora as I am. Probably not. So, wow. Well, I I know that uh, as I was thinking about 
this call not knowing what to expect, I did think about Tori and and music and so on, how much that is a part of uh, your life and your love for her music, and the friends that you've met through her. And that's very important, those lifelong friendships and how music, and kind of, kind of view that as a common language, uh, how it brings people together. So, yeah, your mom and I were happy to do that, and we had a good time, and I know you had a good time. So uh, that's a trip that uh, we'll never forget. On that on that note, would you mind sharing? You have a piece of wisdom that you sometimes share with your sentence about writing your song. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. You'll write your own song in life, meaning, yes, you'll write your own song. We each bring to this world uh, our own interests and so on, and our mark, so to speak, or the impression that we'll live uh, is an individual one, so... I coined the term, you'll write your own song in life, uh, as a, as a thought. And it will be different for, for each of us, but, uh, that's the way I view it. So I hope that that conveys the message. So <laughs> it does. I love anyway. that dad. And I'm going to try to make it a good one. It already is a good song. It's already a good song. Yes, it is. What's one lesson that you learned from your old man that you hope to pass on to your children and the world in general through this podcast? Uh, what would I pass on that I learned from my dad? He loved music also. I love a variety of things. And uh, he was pretty adventuresome. I think you are too, going to the top of the mountain and skiing down from the top. Oh, yeah. Well, I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> my dad and I had a lot of different experiences starting back in Iowa where I was born. We would go hunting pheasants and squirrels and I can remember on Sunday afternoons we'd be out sitting in the car or out on an autumn day listening to the radio. This is when the Dodgers were still back on the East Coast. Dodgers and the Yankees were playing in, the, I guess, the finals or something. And it seemed like the Dodgers always got beat by the Yankees. He had a love of sports and a love of life. And uh, I always um, admired him when we moved from... Uh, Iowa to Oregon, uh, he was in the banking business, I can remember him deciding that he wanted to take an, an English course. Of course, he graduated from high school and everything, but uh, he had decided that he wanted to improve his English skills, so he went to night school and, and took that English course, and I always admired him for that. So that's one thing I remember for him. He uh, kind of stepped up and said, okay, well, I think for the future of uh, his career and his family, he decided to take that English course. So, so man, he was kind of an adventurous guy. That's all I remember about him. Well, trying new things is great, but so is talking about songs from 20 years ago. <laughs> uh-huh. That is perfect, Dad. Thank you so much. Fun, I really guys. appreciate it. Thank you. Man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Old man, look at my life, I'm a lot like you were. Old man, look at my life, 24 and there's so much more. Live alone in a paradise that makes me think of two. Love lost such a cost, 
give me things that don't get lost Like a coin that won't get tossed Rolling home to you everybody you're listening to tour all year our private podcast exclusively for patreon supporters at the five dollar level and up today we start the year off right by sitting down with living tour legend maria carullo maria or madge as we lovingly call her has seen over 300 tori amos shows and today she reflects on some of her very favorite moments it's january 2019 and you're listening to tour all year and i was like freaking out because I was like, I have to be floor. This is crazy. I can't. So, so Steve Sanchez let me into the venue two minutes before the floor opened up and I climbed over the barricade. I climbed over it. No one fucking said a word and I ran to the front and I was front center. And a legend was born. Yeah, a legend <laughs> For media access to this and other exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos and become a subscriber today. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. 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 Listen to our new show. Five days a week, starting January 2019. Because we never shut up. You know what that means. Time to give a dog a bone? We're the live section. Yes! Let's talk about the rich and interesting live history. Okay. That is something to talk about All for right. this song. I wanted to ask you one more thing ask before me. Ask we away. go there. Ask away. I'm trying to think of other songs that would have fit similarly alongside this old man that she might have chosen mm-hmm. and the first thing that comes to mind for me is row 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 your boat i was boat. just gonna say twinkle twinkle little yes, star yes i almost thought about yeah i was gonna mm-hmm. say that earlier mm-hmm. but like imagine if tori had done like a very serious recording of row your boat and then live on the do drop in tour had peppered it Run! Yeah, like as an intro to Marianne. Brow, oh, brow, oh my brow. god! Well, basically, we that's what she crying. does. With... Life is but a dream. I can't. <laughs> that's what she does here. She could have turned it into like the scary boat song from Willy Wonka. The very first time she ever performed this old man that we have is on January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six, at Two Meter Sessies, and here that is. Mm-hmm. 
Loved it. Amazing. She next performed it on January 30th on WXRV Boston, The River. She did the song with a little bit of Samurai, and I love this. I want to play this here. This was the next promo performance. On February 9th, 1996, she went to KSCA Los Angeles, where she performed This Old Man again with Samurai. The only copy that I have is um, obviously ripped from a CD, so there's like a skip to it. And I wouldn't normally play it because the audio is annoying, but I think it's really important in the conversation that we're about to have, uh, as we go into what this song means live... I think it's really important to play this perspective on it and how she's feeling about it as the tour begins. Fascinating. The song is already appearing pretty frequently during the promo mm-hmm. cycle. Yeah. Of all the quote-unquote silly songs. Right. She could have been playing Toodles, Mr. Jammer, Graveyard. Nope. Nope. This Hungarian old man. Language. Yeah. So let's talk about this. This is what we wanted to talk about. This is kind of what the point of this episode was, really, was this section. So this, on the Dewdrop In Tour, she played This Old Man 17 times. 9% of shows. 9 9%. <laughs> 9%. So not like a one or two off. Like she did 9% of the shows. Did she play this more than Mr. Zebra? No. No, she played Zebra more. Okay. She, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All is right with the world then. That's the album cut. Yeah. 9% of the shows. What is she working out here? So now who is this old man? And the reason, okay. So we could have talked about that during the line by line, but it never actually occurred to me to talk about that during the line by line because I think this old man, the studio version is in no way in relation to this old man live. Like whoever this old man is, that she, I think she's singing the traditional song in the studio version. But when she's singing it live, she's thinking and singing about someone else. I agree, but I still think that there was something informing her choice to do it in the first place mm-hmm. and that that was with her mm-hmm. at the time. I think she was able to sell it in the live performances in a way that would have seemed silly in a bad way on record if she'd recorded it Maybe. like like professional widow, right? like straight faced with no context, we would all like, I think we'd probably all be laughing at it because it would seem so crazy. You're probably right. Yeah. 
Who is this old man then? Well, God. Fascinating, really? I mean, she's in a church recording her album, and she's looking around at this church, and she's saying, this old man has really done me for a loop, as far as the studio version goes. I don't want to speculate yet on the live versions, but as far as the studio version goes, yeah, I think maybe that's what is informing it. God, this okay. old man. Okay, all right. I like it. Who do you think this old man is? I'm just going to I'm gonna go with you. I like, I like God. Oh, okay. I'm going I thought you were God. saying I was this old man. No, finally. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. Uh, no, final answer. How much did I wager? Zero, because I wasn't sure of myself. <laughs> I'm regretting it now, but still. I agree with you agreeing with me. God. Great. Let's just go with God for now. Okay. So she performed it 17 times on the Do Drop In Tour with a debut of March 3rd in Nottingham. Mm -hmm. I'm always curious to look at what she paired it with or what she used, used it as an intro to. Because I think that might give us a little more information on what's going on here. And my memory is that, I'm sure this is probably just primarily informed from when I saw it performed, was that it was paired with damage a lot of the time, but I'm not even sure that's true. So the first time she performed it was in Nottingham on March the 3rd. We don't have it. <laughs> like a week into the tour, um, give or take, like 10 days. Yeah, like, exactly. Like about a week into the tour, 10 mm-hmm. shows into the tour. So now I'm going to blow your mind with something interesting. Yes, please. She performed it as the last song of the main set prior to Me and a Gun. Mm-hmm. So as an intro to Me and a Gun. So you had talked a moment ago about wanting to know, be, you're interested to know what she paired it with, right? Yeah. So the first time it appears, it's with Me and a Gun. What do you have to say about that? Again, on paper, a very odd choice, right? We have this quote unquote silly song performed as an intro to Me and a Gun. And when I saw it, it was paired with damage. And I think that was the case on more than one occasion for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But regardless, I think it was usually often paired with a very serious song. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's because it was intended to be some sort of palate cleanser. Well, it was usually paired right before as an intro to some really heavy song. Right. So it's like the intro right. to Mina Gun. It's the intro to Precious yeah, Things. So, intro to Putting the Gun. Right. So palate cleanser isn't the right choice of words, but palette like a breather pre, yeah, prior before to this, like, I hit the calm you before the storm with this intensity. Yeah. Again, I think these choices are all very pointed and intentional because they always are with Tori. So what does that mean? And what does that say, if anything, about her choice to record and go back to this old man repeatedly? I mean, clearly there's something in this for her because of the 17 times that she performed this song on this tour, 11 of those times she paired it with putting the damage on. Okay, yeah. Twice she did it with Me and Mm -hmm. a Gun. Two of those times was with Hey Jupiter. Okay, so we've got a clear pattern. And then one of those times was with Pass the Mission and one of those times was with Precious Things fascinating so past the mission being the anomaly but most often it was paired with damage right right second runner-up was me and a gun Mm -hmm. okay so that's what i was remembering and the first thing that comes to mind for me hearing that is that quote about damage that Mm -hmm. we talked about when tori says she herself being damaged and we talked a lot about what that might mean and again i think there's something very interesting happening here and i'm hesitant to bring this up on an episode 
about a quote-unquote silly song, and we won't go into specifics because we've kind of already done that on prior episodes, but Tori has alluded to certain things in her past very, very infrequently, maybe only once or twice, that in my opinion, she hasn't wanted to address head-on in her music. Or at least in the media. Maybe she does address it head-on to the music, and she's always been very guarded about what the songs mean to her personally. That's true. So there, are, for me, there are a handful of songs where she is addressing a moment or an issue, whatever you want to call it, from her past, but it's very, very cloaked. And you would not necessarily get that. And that in interviews, she is doing her best to sort of divert attention away from that. And, you know, the best example that I can give that I have given for me is Icicle, Mm -hmm. where she has this, I'll say cute story Mm -hmm. that she often told before the song. But to me, that's a total smoke Smoke screen screen for what's actually going on in the song. That's not a criticism at all. That's totally her prerogative to do that and say or not say anything she wants. But we can't, and that's what we do on the show, we can't help but think that there's something, there's something going on here, for sure. And that the the songs that This Old Man is paired with are the best indicator of that, that we have. And not only the songs that it's paired with, but the way she performed it. Absolutely right. Let's play a few from 1996, shall we? Let's start with the earliest recording that we have, and that's May 3rd, 1996 in Philadelphia. Pennsylvania at the Late Show, and she did this right before Precious Things. So while not entirely crazy, you, I still feel like there resonates something deeper inside that. Like she's playing it with a little bit more intention. Uh, yeah. It feels like it's bubbling under. I want to play that in contrast to only a month later, maybe a month and a half later, uh, June 30th in LA. Let's play that one. Yes. <laughs> 
that's crazy. Yes. And that's what I remember because that was one of my first shows. So that's what I always think of when I think of Dewdrop and performances of mm-hmm. this song. But for the most part, that's how they were. And like yeah. everything on that tour, they sort of became more unhinged mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as it went along. That, that tour that showed really... us that tour showed us a lot about pain, about being raw, about being naked emotionally. She took risks just in vocal performance and and just like exposing herself like that. I really we've talked it we've talked it to death, but I really feel like that that tour more than any other was performance art, mm-hmm. like really. And we use we sort of use the term affectionately demonstratory mm-hmm. um, in regards to that era, but it that's really really apropos because I absolutely think she was exercising, mm-hmm. if you will, certain demons, and I think that's really present in these performances and precious things became each performance of that was kind of its own exorcism the song sort of was disassembled and she would it just evolved into like her repeating the wash me clean and it was really unsettling like things were happening she's talked about this era sort of closing the book on certain things in her life and on her past and i think that's really true and that we see that sort of playing out in these performances where whatever she was working out she was working out on the stage Live, and then she kind of never color. went back to that place, yeah. which I ultimately have to believe is a good thing. But yeah, there was certainly a shift after this whole era, but I don't know. That's not the point. The point is there was, there were a lot of threads running through these performances of things that were not necessarily privy to. I think what you're saying about this old man being sort of in that handful of songs that reference some prior abuse or reference a prior incident of some kind Mm -hmm. being in that handful with icicle precious things possibly even thinking that knowing that she performs it the way she does it's interesting that he plays knickknack on her thumb on her shoe her knee comes knocking on her door and that's when she starts to go crazy Mm -hmm. and that's why 10 gets nuts he starts on her thumb then the shoe then the knee it's like he's kind of moving up and then he's in the room or he's at the door. Mm-hmm. So if you think of this man, and maybe we are going too far and maybe it's a silly song, but hey, it's not performed in a silly manner. Right. It's hard to put yourself there if you weren't a witness to these performances. Mm-hmm. Listening to just the audio recordings, it could almost be funny. Like there are these unhinged really dramatic performances of this old man. Like what? Again, is she trolling us? But... I think it comes through, but specifically if you were there, it was really unsettling as a lot of performances were on that tour. Um, So there was absolutely nothing funny about it. And it was always that moment where you were kind of like afraid to move in your seat. I know what you mean. The, The funniest part about it, if there is a funny part is listening back to these performances and hearing people... Hooting who, and hollering. At the beginning. Yeah. Like, and then she starts this old man, and they start to chuckle like, oh. And then it just like gets deadly serious. Yeah. Yeah, and then by the end of that, it's only been a minute and 30 seconds, and their jaws are on the floor. Yeah. And not a peep. Yeah. Like, what's happening? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable right now. Um, let's play another performance, shall okay. we? Okay. Okay. So this is September 16th, 1996 in Akron, Ohio. 
Akron always gets good shows. Akron, I know. They, yeah. She should do Akron more. I love Akron. <laughs> and this is unlike any other performance of this old man on this tour or ever. Like a broken music box. And the recording doesn't help that. You know, I'm going back to what I said at the top of the show about, you know, I wish he'd covered the sort of nursery rhyme from A Nightmare on Elm Street. But now that I'm thinking about it, that's kind of what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Because these performances in particular really are like that sort of horror movie, what at this point is a convention mm. of like a deconstructed nursery rhyme with creepy kids mm -hmm. singing. But I really like that's the vibe we're getting here. And there's sort of nothing more disturbing than something that's supposed to be sort of innocent and cute like the song being turned inside out i would say you're right the only thing possibly more disturbing than that is hearing wash me clean well right daddy. but I, yeah i think that's over part of and the, over again i think that's part of the same conversation yes. frankly shall we play another david why not i'm already why? uncomfortable let's play september 24th in normal illinois this one's really good Yeah, again, you can sort of trace. They become more harrowing. As the tour progresses? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Something else you can trace. If you fancy yourself a Tory scholar, if you're taking our graduate-level Tory Amos class that we're conducting right now in your earbuds. Is that earbuds, what this is? You can major in VCR repair. Tory Amos. <laughs> or Tory Amos discography. I would have signed up for that. I would have, I too. guess I have. <laughs> but I know. <laughs> if you're taking this class and you are an astute observer... You'll track the early seedling of Strange Little Girls. Because here she's taking a song written by a man, presumably, and singing it from the female perspective. In the live context, it certainly feels like she's alluding to something not appropriate. It certainly feels like an old man, an old lecherous man. Is just what it feels like. I'm just stating what it feels like to yeah, me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So from that idea, if that is what she's trying to do and trying to flip it on it, because I feel like that's what she's consciously trying to do. She's up on stage singing this song in a conscious effort to turn it on its head and to make you think differently about the song. Well, if that is the case, then that is early seedling of Strange Little Girls because that's what she's doing specifically mm -hmm. on that album. Interesting. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm not sure gender is specifically important in this context as it is on that album. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right in terms of she's sort of subverting mm -hmm. your expectation or what you've assumed the song to be in the past with these readings of it. So let's play this live from the Acoustic Cafe. Here she plays this old man with an Anna Karenina improv. Dave is looking at me like, who? <laughs> what? She sounds exotic.
reading a lot that tour <laughs> just the classics we're done with you drop in right let's move forward all right you want to talk about 98 did it show up at all no no yeah why do you suppose that is well you know it was a band tour there were very few solo slots and i still i still because i've said it all of one times i maintain that whatever she was working out she sort of left behind that on that on, tour yes yeah. for sure i've never really thought of it that way until you said it a few minutes ago but i agree with you mm-hmm. nothing ever was like that again mm-hmm. and i mean a lot of these songs came back eventually but they took a long break like they blood sure roses did, yeah. wasn't around unplugged the harder songs for her to sing yes yeah like to tap into right not harder to sing vocally yes but yeah, exactly emotionally right. right well she didn't play it at all in 1998 nor did she play it in 1999 but the song did return on the strange little tour strange which is extra fascinating now given what you just suggested about this was sort of a precursor to her giving us a whole album Mm -hmm. of songs that were reinvented or or having their perspectives shifted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the song comes screaming back into the rotation to add to that even the very first time she played it on the 2001 tour and i remember this like it was yesterday i do was the very first show of that tour there was a show prior to the tour starting at the union chapel in london on august 30th 19 or 2001 prior to the towers falling before we knew that that's what the tour was going to really tap into Prior to the towers falling, she did this one show in a church where she looked just, she was gorgeous. It was her first dressed show. Dressed in black. Dressed in black in the church. Long hair. She looked amazing. It was the first show back after she had taken time off and she had Natasha. I think we were all waiting with bated breath because it was the first solo tour in what it felt for, like a yeah, very long yeah, time. Because people were like, since 96, but then other people were, the purists were like, since 94. Right. And then other people who were even more pure were like, since 92, because 94 she had tape. She was backed up with some tapes on some songs. Right. And then oh, the one-upmanship. I know. <laughs> So she comes out to this church singing Raining Blood by Slayer in the church. It was amazing. And that whole show is like one of the bootlegs I cannot live without. But in that bootleg, she does the most amazing, to me, version of This Old Man. Because I love the unhinged versions, don't get me wrong. But when she's unhinged, I always worry for her. I worry that something's going on. I hope she's okay. And it's great to listen to, not necessarily with this old man, but like an unhinged version of Precious Things is always like, (gasps) right? I was happy that this old man was a little bit less unhinged this time around because it felt more impactful in different ways. So here it is from August 30th in Union Chapel, London. And she plays it right before God. And I think it's amazing. So this is why I've always thought it was about God. Not always, but since then, because it pairs so beautifully with this performance of God. Here we go. Thank you. 
I Told You World. I loved those performances of God. I love The Sound of the Roads. I love everything about it. I mm. love everything about 2001. Um, let's play October 31st, Halloween, Ooh. at the Ariel Theater in Houston. And that was the night that I asked for Way Down. And guess what? She didn't play it. But she said, interesting choice. That one I was present for. That was the first time I heard this old man live. Shall we move on to Scarlet's Walk? Mm-hmm. Well, what's the point? She didn't do it then. She didn't do it in a lot of pianos. Summer of Sin, American Doll Posse World Tour, Sinful Attraction, Summer Tour. It's almost as if she never did it again. Oh, except she did it on the Night of Hunters Tour. Oh. Isn't that weird? I don't think we've talked about, though, some some seemingly odd choices made made a return because she needed something to sort of fill time while the quartet was tuning. Yeah. She's like, what's short that I can just sort of use as a little interlude here? I know. This old man, 10 years later. Way down. This old man, 10 years later, October 2nd at Crocus City Hall in Moscow. This old man, he played one. He played Oh, my sheep. 
toned down for sure. Would you like to hear any performances of This Old Man since the Night of Hunters tour? Was there one? None. None? None. I there was one for some reason. No. All right. Wrong. She performed the song a total of um, 27 times total, in total, throughout her career. I mean, I don't know what else to say. 17 times on the Do Drop In tour, nine times on the Strange Little tour, and one time on the Night of Hunters tour. And that's all she wrote, or that's all she knick-knacked paddy-whacked. Mm, that's all she whacked. That's all she whacked. Mm. Anyhow, I'm very excited to announce the winner of our contest. Let's oh, yeah. get right to it. Let's play the remix. Get some music on, Oliver. Now Come on. Let's liven this thing up. We're so excited to announce the winner of our contest. Drum roll, please, Oliver. I know I just got you to play the music, but also play a drum roll. Thank you. Because the winner of our contest is the one, the only, Anne Ferguson. You go, girl. Anne Ferguson, you picked yourself up a double vinyl Boys for Pele, as well as the deluxe remastered CD version as well. And also, we're going to throw in something crazy and fun for you because we like you. You're a future proof, Anne. There'll never exactly. be another format. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I mean, if, the, if if there were a mini disc version, we'd send that oh. too. But there's not. Not of the remaster anyway. Mm. Well, this has been another lovely episode of Drive All Night. We so appreciate you listening to us. If you like what we do, please follow us on all our social, at Songs of Tramus on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can follow our newsletter by going to songsoftoramus.com and signing up there. If you really like what we do and you want to throw a couple bucks our way, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoramus so that we can continue to make high quality and Torytainment for you. That I, You want to hear the story about that pre-roll? I came up with that line literally on the spot. As I was saying it. Intoritainment. I uh. hadn't written that. I had written entertainment. And as I was saying it, it came out that way. I never recorded a second take. Isn't that amazing? I'm a one-take wonder. That's why I always hit record when you enter the booth. Thanks, Dave. You never know when you're going to sit down and we're going to get a straight from the Taurus's mouth. (laughs) Straight from the Taurus's mouth. And Tori Tainment. God. Bells for her. It's all the same, really. Go to our Patreon page and check out our supporter profiles. Which really means look for yourself. Because that's what everyone's going to do. Look for yourself and then also look for a mate. Because there's a lot of handsome men up there. Mm. And a lot of handsome women. So go over there, find yourself a mate, find yourself a Tori Amos touring partner, do whatever you want. What's our cutesy name for the Tory personals? Have we come up with one yet? Mm. If you have a suggestion, please send it our way. Anyhow, I think it's time to say goodbye to this old man mm-hmm. and the song. I think we're the only ones left. Everyone else said goodbye a long <laughs> time ago. I know. If you're still listening, you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> What's next up in the rotation? Uh, Hungarian Wedding Song. Oh. Yes. Hungarian Wedding Song is next. And that is one of my favorite songs. Not in my top 10, but I love that song. Mm-hmm. It's one. Of, it's my definitely probably my favorite B-side from this era. Have you ever listened to it on repeat for hours? Yes. Oh, my God. And it's always in my head. You know what we need, though? I think we need a vacation. Oh. We should go on a retreat. What do you think? We should retreat into the past. We should retreat <laughs> to record... <laughs> The episodes for these songs, just like somewhere nice, somewhere lovely. All right. And we should do it on location. Oh, let's do it on location. Yeah. I like that idea. Yes. Oh. This project deserves solitude, intense focus, mm-hmm. maybe some interviews in a bathtub. It's funny that we're doing that for the B-sides, but not for the album. Well, we're wildly unpredictable. <laughs> we're going in a retreat sometimes next week. we don't think things through. Sometimes we don't, but next week we will have, <laughs> and we'll be on location somewhere. Who knows? 
well, let's just go on location this whole season. I think we should go to a state where Hungarians are allowed to get married. I tried to get David to record Twinkle at the Abbey in West Hollywood, but he said no. I wanted to go around asking twinks what they thought about Twinkle. <laughs> I thought it would have been amazing. I'm willing to say that the idea would have been more fulfilling than the execution. But at least we would have enjoyed ourselves, and I think our audience would have as well. That's the thing. I can enjoy myself at home with you. We're here live on location at the Abbey, and we're here with Chad. Chad, what do you think of Twinkle by Tori Amos? Blank stare. Right. Which is all I ever get when I go to the Abbey, so <laughs> why would I subject myself to that willingly? Because then you'll have the power because you have the microphone, and then other Twinks will be drawn to you. Hi, I'm here with Esteban. Esteban, what do you think of Twinkle? What is this? Oh. It's time for us to hit the road. Sorry about this episode. We'll see you next week. Oh, Bye. We're going to redeem ourselves with Hungarian wedding songs. I mean, we'll try. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com.